Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, PR pro, Marisa Balbona. She is the founder and president of CIM Inc. PR and creator of the video course, How to Look Amazing on Zoom to 10x Your Success. And she has consulted thousands of CEOs and presidents of the world's top brands. She has more than 30 years of PR and marketing experience and has won top awards for her work, including four Silver Anvil Awards and a Silver Anvil Best of Show, which is the Oscars of the industry from the Public Relations Society of America. She's also received a Lifetime Achievement Award from Marquee Who's Who, San Diego Business Journal, named her Women Who Mean Business in PR, and she's won countless other awards. Featured as a cover story in Inc. Magazine for helping lead the PR team that launched XM Satellite Radio and with her business partners was featured in a chapter in the book, Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. Her personal story was featured in the book, Encountering Heaven and the Afterlife, True Stories from People Who Have Glimpsed the World Beyond. Learn more about her and her firm's work. We'll give you that information when we get to the break. And I just want to say welcome to the show, Marisa. We met at the National Publicity Summit, and I am so excited to have you here. Thank you, Angel. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, I think one of the main reasons that I invited you to be on the show is because you bring such a variety of information and experiences to the table between being this award-winning business owner and, you know, being featured in this book, Encountering Heaven and the Afterlife, True Stories from People Who Have Glimpsed the World Beyond. So, I think that today's episode is going to be very rich and full, and I'm really looking forward to diving in with you. The first question that I have for you, Marissa, is tell me a little bit about PR and how you got started in it. Were you like always a cheerleader for others? I I always have been. There's just, there's something about me that like my, my sons who are 31 and 26 they say that I'm a ridiculous optimist. And I am. It, there's just something where when I encounter people, I don't think that I see people and things the way others do. There's something about me where I'm always looking for the other side, the good in people, the good in things, the other side of things that I can bring out and that I can help shine and show others. And it's a habit that I have, like I'll even be out 
grocery shopping or something and I'll see a woman and I just feel compelled to go chase her down and say, you look so beautiful because I feel as if the world doesn't have enough of that. And I think she left the house today and she doesn't realize how beautiful she is. And, and something inside me just felt like I had to tell her because she strikes me as beautiful. Maybe it's just her aura or how she looked, but I have to tell her. And yes, I do feel like I'm a cheerleader for other people. If somebody seems like they're down, I just feel compelled to uplift them in some way. But yes, and I, and I got into PR because when I was 12 years old, I was in Houston with my sister and our friends, and we were really bored that day. There was nothing to do. And it was so extremely hot. We could see like the fumes coming off or like the heat waves coming off the sidewalk. And my sister said, hey, let's fry an egg on a sidewalk. And so we decided to do it and it actually fried. So I got double dog dared to call the news to get them to come cover it as a weather story. And they did, but nobody wanted to be the kid to be interviewed, but I did because I'm super outgoing. And I got on the news and I just got hooked. I just thought, you know what? I just, I want to be a storyteller in the news. I wanted to be a news anchor at first. And then I ended up in PR and I've just never looked back. I just love it. This, I feel like I'm made for this. Oh my God. 12 years old calling the TV station. You are definitely made for it. When I was, I think probably nine or 10, I actually called the fire department because <laughs> we were left home for the day. And I, my brother's hermit crabs got out of the aquarium and they were in my bedroom and I freaked out. <laughs> Because the hermit crab was in my bedroom. So the fire department came and took the hermit crabs out of my bedroom. So I don't know what the metaphor is there, but clearly you were made for being on TV, being on Zoom, being in PR. So that's uh, that's a great story. And you fried an egg on the sidewalk, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So tell us, because there, you know, there may be people in the audience who are listening who aren't really familiar with what PR means, what PR people do, how you actually help other people to get the spotlight on their work and so forth. So if you could give us a little bit of background on what this industry is, because you clearly you're award-winning multiple awards in the industry. You've obviously been in the industry for a long time. So there may be a listener out there who, like you, was made for it, but they don't know about it. So if you could share a little bit about the industry itself and what makes a good PR person. Angel, that's such a good question. And I'll tell you that most of us, most PR professionals, we have this joke in this industry that our own families don't understand what we do. They really don't. And public relations, the distilled gist of it is that we help our organizations communicate with their key stakeholders. So what that means, and I'll tell you like, you know, the whole gamut of what we do and what that means is that an organization or an individual needs to communicate with their audiences. So their key stakeholders, right? They communicate in so many different ways. So they might communicate with the people who are important to them via social media, via the news, 
via so many different ways, blog posts or via their own news channels, right? So we're the ones, the publicists or the public relations professionals, we're the ones who write the news content, whether it be through press releases. So you have to be a good writer. You have to be a good communicator. You have to be able to work with an organization and hear what they're telling you. And you have to be super smart because you have to be able to hear let's say a medical professional explain to you super complicated information and you have to take it and distill it into like eighth grade knowledge so that the general population can understand it or it might be working with celebrities so like we do a lot of that or working in the real estate industry we do that as well so and also in the surf industry i didn't know anything about surfing until i got hired in the surf industry and I had to learn it super fast. So it's all of that. So you have to be able to translate something very complicated into layman's terms. And aside from that, so it's writing news releases, it's writing news stories, it's packaging the news for broadcast media, for print media and getting clients news coverage. That's a very small part of it. It's also helping clients strategize. So helping them strategize not only their messages, but also their image, their brand image, helping them to move their image from one place to another, meaning if they have a specific image that might not be favorable, how are you going to move the needle to make it more favorable? And that doesn't include only publicity. That includes internal and external communication. So, so communicating also with the employees. How, how is the image with the employees? Running audits with the various stakeholders, internal and external stakeholders, doing the research. So it's very complicated and people don't realize that. They think, oh, you're just a publicist. No, not just a publicist. There's a lot more that goes into public relations. Mm, beautiful. It's just fascinating. It's never boring. Well, you know, some of the things that I heard there, it sounds like, and I, I want to distill this for the listeners as well. You are the kind of person and your business and your industry is really in the translation industry. You're really not only in the exposure industry, but you're in the translation industry helping to distill. And I, I know for many people, especially people who are entrepreneurs, who maybe are starting their own businesses or have small businesses may be so entrenched in their own jargon and their own language that they don't actually know how to build the bridge between where they are and where their audience is. So it sounds like uh, that's exactly what you do. Awesome. All right. So now what I want to do is I want to ask you, like, who are the people who are most likely to hire you or your favorite kinds of clients who are the ones that you most are interested in serving? It's I love that you're now in the surf industry. You talked about the medical industry. Do you go across a number of different industries or do you prefer to have like a small handful of industries that you serve? So this, this is not the way most PR firm owners run their business. I basically will say yes to a client if I personally like them. Mm -hmm. 
So to me, it's not as important the industry because I can learn any industry. It runs the gamut from technology to energy, to surfing, to real estate, to finance. It depends to me, who am I going to be working with? Mm -hmm. Because with our firm, I started my firm after working for one of San Diego's largest PR firms and the agency owners would go in and they'd pitch the business. And after they pitched the business, they would disappear from it and delegate it to the lesser account executives. And when I started my firm, I promised that I would never do that. I would pitch the business or I would meet with somebody who approached me. And I always wanted to be involved with that client. So I do have a team, but I'm always involved. I see everything the team does. They copy me on everything. I'm involved. I want to be on a friendly basis with my clients. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I'm not going to work with somebody that I don't personally like. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I have learned a lot about a number of different industries. So I can I work with huge companies, but I, I will also work with small um, mom and pop startups, but I have to like them. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I think that that's a great frame of mind and approach to working with anybody if you don't like them then why would you be why would you be wanting to work with them and you know for me that's like uh step 5 in in my welcoming wealth process the wealthy life method is walk in partnership so it sounds to me like that's one of the things that is part of your value set is that you like to walk in partnership a lot of people don't do that a lot of people will just take on a client because they need and want the money mm-hmm. and it reflects in the work that they produce mm-hmm. yeah how do you produce good work when you don't like the person you're producing the work for that's true that is true all right we are already at the break so we are going to take a quick break. It, it comes really fast. Yeah, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help if you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air. Please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners. We just discovered that we are now in 95 countries. Our latest country that just came on is the Bahamas. And when the Bahamas arrived on the scene, we also discovered that we had two different episodes that ranked in the Bahamas in addition to the show itself, the overall show itself ranking in the Bahamas. So welcome listeners in the Bahamas. We love you guys. And we also want to give a shout out to our listeners. We'll just do all the bees today in Bangladesh and in Bhutan. And we will be right back with Marisa Valbona. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? A life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life 
of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Marisa Valbona. You can find out more about her and her business at cimincpr.com. We will have that link for you in the show notes. So Marisa, before we went to the break, we were talking about how important it is if you're going to be working with somebody that you like them. And, you know, I want to actually take a little bit of a turn now because I think part of your story not only as a constant optimist, right? A, a ridiculous optimist, but also there's a part of your story where you have encountered heaven and the afterlife. And from my own experience of having a few near-death experiences myself, I feel that that kind of an experience actually turns up your dial of yeah. discernment around who you want to spend your life with, how you want to spend your time. Uh, who you want to walk in partnership with. So if you'd be willing to talk to us a little bit about that, we'd love to hear the backstory on what got you into that book. Oh, absolutely. So I was 19 years old and I was running. I went out for a quick run, just a quick three mile run around my neighborhood. And it was the middle of the day. It was a bright, sunny day. I was wearing white running shorts and a white t-shirt. And I was actually praying to God while I was running and I was praying just ironically, I was praying, dear God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you exist, but just please give me a sign if you're real. I mean, you know, and I'm stubborn and I like am really just, I research data and I'm very scientifically oriented as much as I'm creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And as I was praying that all of a sudden a giant Cadillac hit me from behind. A woman had not been paying attention. She was changing the radio dial. She didn't see me, hit me. I flew up, I hit the hood of her car. She slammed on the brakes and then she ran over. I mean, she ran over me and then slammed on the brakes. So my shirt had tire marks on the uh, shoulder. So she had run over my shoulder pinned my leg under the car. I ended up not having a single broken bone, but I did stop breathing. My spirit left my body. It was just the craziest thing. Like everything that they talk about, like in those books and in the movies, mm -hmm. all of that happened. But what they don't describe in any of those books or in those movies, and I didn't see a bright light. Like, you know how they say you go through a tunnel and you see a light. I didn't see any of that. So sometimes like when I tell my story, I think, you know, what, what was wrong with me that I didn't see any of that? But what I did see was I could see my body and I could see the paramedics working on me. I could see my mother and my sister screaming and crying. But I had a distinct awareness of all the spirits around me mm -hmm. and a very distinct awareness that we are separated from the spirit world. I mean, they're all around us. Like they're right around me right here. It's like mm -hmm. there's just a very thin veil between our human life and the spirit life. So we are all spirits having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what just captured me when that happened. Like it's all happening around us. It's not like you go up 
to heaven, it's all around us, right? Mm. And I had a conversation with God when that happened. And I remember it like it was just yesterday. And it wasn't like I was talking to him and he was talking back to me. It was an experience where it was like telepathic. I just knew and he knew, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, God, I'm only 19 years old. I'm not finished living yet. Now that I know what it's like to die, because I've been terrified of dying. Now Mm -hmm. that I know what it's like to die, please send me back. And Mm -hmm. I will tell everybody that you're real, but put me to work. I will do amazing things. Just put me to work. And I went back into my body. Hmm. And the amazing thing is when that car hit me, I don't remember a thing. I didn't feel a thing. That's why I'm, you know, when I'm watching movies and I see people burning to death or drowning or getting eaten by a shark, like I'm not afraid of sharks when I'm surfing. Because I know the minute the shark chomps down on me, my my spirit's going to leave my body. Just like when that car hit me, my spirit left my body. Mm -hmm. As soon as my spirit went back into my body, I was in excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. So that taught me incredible discernment, like you said. I'm very acutely aware of people's spirit, their goodness or their lack of goodness. I'm just aware, very aware. And I'm also aware of our time on earth and Mm -hmm. how short it is and how important it is to be on good terms with everybody and Mm -hmm. to never leave. I love you left unsaid to show appreciation and gratitude for the people in our lives. And you know, our business, like making sure our clients know we appreciate them and not to take them for granted, produce the best work that we can. Mm. We're given talent and creativity for a reason. And it's our job to use it and to show it right Mm. to the best of our ability. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad you decided to stay, Marisa. <laughs> and and while you were talking and saying, why didn't I see the tunnel? What I was hearing, because I hear I'm a I'm a seer, knower, hearer, as a result of several rites of passage that I have also taken. Some were near death experiences, and others were ritualistic death experiences that that have a tendency to hone your spirit and to get you clear on what is important and what's not important. So as you were saying, why, well, you know, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I see it? It's because you were looking in the other direction. You, you were looking at your body. You were seeing, you were seeing, you were definitely seeing, but you were looking at coming back to life rather than leaving life. So Hopefully that that helps you to let go of any questions about why you didn't see that's, the tunnel. That's very insightful. And yeah, that does help quite a bit. That does. Yeah. I remember when I first started opening up my Claire abilities, Claire audience, Claire sentience, Claire cognizance, clairvoyance, I didn't feel like I could see. I was surrounded by people who were seers. And then suddenly some information came in that there was a thing called claircognizance, which is full body knowing, right? But before I knew about claircognizance, I was like, why can't I see? (laughs) And so hopefully that was helpful for you, Marisa. So in the last few minutes that we have together, 
I'm just going to give the mic to you to just speak into our audience, anything that you want to either, you know, celebrate in your own business or inspire people to maybe reach out to see if walking in partnership with you is for them or from this story. So whatever wants to come through, Marisa, the mic is yours. Thank you. You know, I think that one of the things that I find so important, especially today, since the pandemic hit, is I think people have gotten really lazy, especially lazy in their own personal preparation. And it hit me today because I I live in a high rise and I got in the elevator and a woman stepped on from a lower floor and she said, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see somebody dressed up. And I told her, I said, I I dress up every day. You know, even though I'm working at home now, I dress up because to me, it puts me in the frame of mind that I'm working and that I'm giving my best. If I show up looking my best, I give my best. And it's not that I don't give my best if if I'm just, you know, wearing something super casual, but it changes your frame of mind. If you're going to make a business call and you're dressed up as if you're in the office five years ago when it was more, you know, de rigueur to dress up, you'll notice that your tone of voice, your presentation is stronger. And I just would challenge everybody to try that. It does make a difference. I've noticed it. I've tested it out myself and it does make a difference. It makes a difference in your win ratio. It really does. And I've also noticed that with all of these video meetings, and that's why I started, I I created my Zoom course, How to Look Amazing on Zoom to 10X Your Success. And you can find that on lookamazingonzoom.com. But I I created that because I had to get clients on TV interviews and the producers would say, please make sure that they have their camera angles right, their lighting right, their background right. And so I started playing around with it. And I would notice that when I would watch people interview on TV, their backgrounds were horrible. It was distracting. Their lighting was terrible. Um, They didn't dress properly. Everything was wrong. Their camera angles, everything. And so I started playing around with best practices so that I could figure out how are they going to look the best, Mm -hmm. right? It's so easy, but they don't. And, And Angel, the thing is, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that it only takes seven seconds to Mm -hmm. make an impression? seven seconds. So if I'm going to meet somebody in person, you know, you're going to make sure your hair's right, your attire is right and everything else. Right. But how are people showing up to their teams meetings and their zoom meetings? They're not putting any effort into it because they figure, well, I'm on a zoom meeting. I really don't have to put any effort into it. Mm. What kind of an impression is that making? Well, not only to the people that you are in front of, but also to your own psyche. Right, Marisa? It's it. It's your own psyche. And that comes across. It really does. And so I've noticed, like, I'll be in a meeting with five or six other people. And I'm the one who, you know, is has everything just so, right? And I'm dressed properly. And somebody will always comment. They'll be like, you're so prepared. And well, it just takes a couple of minutes to know like what is the best background, et cetera. And you just 
do it immediately before the meeting starts. It does make a difference. I would just like to encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast to take a moment and learn what is the best way to show up for your video meetings. It does make a difference. Yeah. Well, and really, ultimately, it's about setting yourself up for the win. So Marisa, we are at the end and we want to thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, we love feedback. Please do let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We will have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.